Green and Gold Rugby, episode 145. Welcome back, another week of Super Rugby. And the Aussie teams are not faring as well as they have been in the past, just the one week this round, and we'll get to that in a second. And joining us to chat about that, we welcome back an old fan favourite, Mr Timms. Timsy, how are you, mate? No, not too bad, mate. There was a uh, very vigorous uh, online campaign to get me back here, but uh, I think you all agree that you're the winner. Yeah, we are. (laughs) The most important question, what drink do you have in your hand at the moment, Timsy? Oh, I haven't decided yet. I'm going to make that up midway through. We love that spontaneity. Sitting, sitting right next to the liquor cabinet, so we'll find something. Makes it easy. Steve down there in Canberra, how are you going, Steve? Yeah, not too bad. Softened up those Crusaders for us Reds fans, hopefully. Yes, uh, yeah, sorry about that. <laughs> we'll get to that in a second. And joining us for the first time tonight is Will from Sydney, our resident New South Wales expert for the night. How are you going, Will? Good, thanks. Uh, enjoying Waratah's bye week, it's uh, one of the exciting weeks of the season. So. <laughs> well, we love it because it just quietens you guys up for a little while longer there, hey? Definitely. Great uh, show tonight. We're going to get into uh, the games in a second. We've got a very special guest in Reds Lock, Rob Simmons, and try and get a few answers on what's going on down there in Ballymore land and, and uh, perhaps divulge into the uh, the players side of things and what's going on but let's look at uh, the week that was and we'll start with that first game and the Reds going down to the Blues and, and boy did they go down 44 to 14 it was a staggering um, performance and I oh god I hate to say it I don't think it was too unexpected it was it was the first time I've actually gone into the, a Reds game with not a whole great deal of hope and uh, oh, come Blues... on you must remember 2009 well, OK, let's say for some time at least. For some time at least. Seven, um, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm very developed. I think it's Icarus. I flew on too close to the sun and, yeah, yeah. and now I'm, I'm burning and, and, and falling. And the Blues yeah, jumped out to that good start. And it was 20-0 at half-time and we were never in it. A couple of tries. Uh, in that last quarter, I think it was, or on the cusp of to Dales and Hallville. But uh, we were without uh, any hope for the most of this game. Um, Will, give us your perspective as a Waratah fan. How dreadful were we? Yeah, just sort of didn't really compete enough in the forwards. I thought the uh, the Blues sort of forward pack, Tupolito and um, Kano were very good and just sort of really got metres on the Reds every time and just penalties sort of let the uh, Blues kick away and then they started scoring tries and it, it didn't go well from there sort of thing. Yeah, defence, once again, was a, a concern for us. Um, intensity as well. We, we, we couldn't sort of handle, as you're saying, Jerome Kano's in particular, particularly good form. There's a lot of concern, I, I know, from some Auckland fans when um, uh, Braid was ruled out and Brendan O'Connor start. But O'Connor was fantastic and, and you know, debatably won the occasion over Liam Gill. Um, but uh, some fantastic performances there in this New Zealand t- uh, conference who were... Not so much bemoaning, but but questioning previously. It now seems very much on a roll. Uh, Steve, Canberra, mate, what uh, what was your thoughts in this game? Well, I just can't believe how downhill the Reds have gone of late, and I, I thought the game would have been a lot closer. Uh, you know, the Blues haven't been. I think the Waratahs played them into form, unfortunately. Um, if it's just a, it's staggering, to be honest. Um, 
And then you look at Nonu from the Blues, who can either have an absolute stinker of a game or, or a good game, and he had one of his good games, and you know, the 30-point win at the end of the day makes him look awesome and the rest of the Blues. Yeah, he was in form. And so that's four losses in the row for us now, which I think is the first time since 2009 when we lost that run of games um, mid-season to Chiefs, Force, Highlanders, Lions. But... Um, it's it's real indicative. It means uh, you know we have to go back to that that Mooney era, and are we about to experience that again uh, from a Reds fan perspective? Timsey, what what's your read, mate? Are we dire straits? Well, it doesn't look good, does it? I mean, uh, I, I've uh, I've been I've been thinking a little bit about it, and I, I, they just don't seem to have any answers. I'm not sure uh, sure where the problem lies. Whether there's obviously something going on though. There's some some discontent. They're not uh, they're not uh, believing. Not believing. No. Um, well, they're quite unbelievable. I know that. And, and and unfortunately, this curse is upon us again because obviously James Slipper got cited and, and three weeks. Bit and he's, so he's gone for three weeks, which will effectively be two games. But he was our forward that I think has been the one all season that has consistently played well and, and we're without him for the next couple of weeks now, get the next couple well, of games. It's an opportunity, isn't it? Someone's got to step up. I think it's almost getting to the point in the season where you've got to start trying a few things, got to start... Uh winning some games and there's nothing left to lose. Yeah, that's right. And I think we'll start seeing that in selections. And in fact, uh, some selection has been forced this week again. We'll get on to next week soon. But from this week's game, we've lost Quirky. We've lost Gill. Obviously, Chris uh, Satur is out as well. So there's three significant players. There's three new players who'll get a chance. And and there's some discussion about some of those players who they might be. But there's no doubt there'll be uh, some blooding coming on. And uh, let's just hope those guys stand up. Uh, for us, um, so will this Blues team? They've, uh, they're a bit of a uh, enigma, aren't they? But um, on the back of Kano, and I think Kano's been the, a bit of the, the forefront of it. But they've, they've got these young halves in, in Bryn Hall and, and Simon Hickey, and the talk was that we might be through Quaid and Will. That'd be where the battle would be run. But the young guys uh, handled the occasion pretty well. Yeah, they were they were very good and just really didn't do anything wrong and. Once that Blues backline gets going, they're, they're good to watch. And um, unfortunately, the Reds were on the end of that. He sort of uh, Marnonu, obviously, uh, Steve said, had a really good game and uh, certainly one of the best Super Rugby games I've seen him play. And once he's got sort of front football and a few forwards in the backline defending against him, uh, watch out. He just tore them to shreds. He did, and he's, he's got that intricate kicking game that, you know, he shouldn't have for a guy of his size and and so on, but he uh, he manages it well. So let's let's move on from the Reds. We're going to have a big chat to Simo uh, soon, so we'll put that game behind us, as I've said, for the last four weeks now and, and move on to next week. But let's focus next on the, the Rebels and the Sharks. Now, this was, uh, I guess, the Sharks went into this very strong favourites, as you'd expect. The score was pretty close, 22 to 16 to the Sharks. Uh, but, Steve, was it really that close? Was that a fair indication? What was your read on this game? Yeah, the Sharks, they haven't done too much on the try-scoring stakes lately. Like, the Highlanders kept them uh, trialless in Durban. And, you know, they could have almost scored a try in the first minute, which was knocked back on the by the TMO for that uh, deliberate knocking the ball out in goal. But just, uh, they haven't really changed under... Like, I see a lot of similarities with them, with um, Jake, obviously, at the Brumbies last year. Um, 
have a go for a few phases and then just use the boot of Francois Stein to just get it out of there and just try and heap the pressure on the opposition, which they seem to do quite well. Yeah. And what about, from your perspective, Will, were the Rebels, what was your read on their performance? The Rebels certainly got a couple of sort of fortuitous referee calls, but really were right in the game um, sort of throughout, and probably unlucky not to snatch it at the end when they had the sort of ball hot on attack sort of after the siren. Um but yeah, the Rebels just dropped too much ball through the match, and, and that's probably what cost them. Like the, the Sharks sort of really weren't that convincing, I thought. Yeah, it's interesting. The difference between, I see the Rebels teams and the, the, the Reb, Rebels and the Reds' performances, you can still see a bit of fight in this Rebels team. And I maybe I'm being too harsh on that Reds team, but there seems to still be a little bit of um, getting in there and giving it a dig from this Rebels team. And you, you look at their team, and they're, they're not standouts. I mean, they've got some solid players, but they still. Um, they're still nowhere near the class of a Reds team, but they're they're sticking with it. And then there's there's something about what uh, what McGann's doing down there that's uh, providing them some sort of belief, even if they're not getting the regular wins. Uh, that's that's changing the culture down there, and we should see that continue to perform. I guess uh, you know this year's out of the equation. They've still got two games versus the Reds, but next year and so on, and we'll see some improvements there. Timsy, have you been able to see much of the Rebels this year? Uh, I've, I've seen bits and pieces. I, ha- I don't think I've watched a full game, but uh, you know, the, from what I see, I always thought that they they had a roster that was you know potential to cause some problems for a few teams, and, and they've pretty much gone out and done that. So uh, you know, I didn't not seeing anything that wasn't really expected, but uh, I kind of always thought the Sharks would take this one. Yeah, yeah, I think that that was right. But I myself was was surprised at the the closeness of it, if you will. Um, so that's two Aussie games so far and, and two losses, losses and we've been proclaiming the strength of our conference so far and all of a sudden you've got a South African team and a New Zealand team. And I think that was the Sharks, the first South African team to win. Outside uh, of Africa. Outside of Africa. So um, everyone was putting it upon them that this would be their, their challenge to, to prove their abilities at the top of the table there. And somewhat, not convincingly, but they've done it somewhat. So they can only win against who's in front of them, and they did so far. So, 0-2 and two for the Aussie team so far, and we move on to our Brumbies, and they're our shining light, Steve. They're the ones that were going to put the stake in the ground, and, mate, what happened? Oh, shining light, I think the, the, the power went out on that one very early. <laughs> uh, apparently, the, the even the preparation for that game was somewhat uh, diabolical in there, or not to that extent, but just the preparation was all put out by... A, traffic delay getting to the ground of all things the bus took ages to get to there and then the preparation and the warm up was um, shortened and they just seemed to be on the back foot straight from the beginning and uh, back in the Rebels game when they were undone by penalties uh, once again this Crusaders just punished them for ill discipline and boot of Colin Slade, he scored more points by himself than uh, off his boot than the Rebels did the whole game and Geez, it was good to see Richie McCaw back. Said no Brumbies yeah. fan ever. <laughs> but uh, yeah, Slade, I think he set a record, did he not? Of maybe m- both most points by a Crusader or equaling Mertens or something. But um, a, a fantastic performance by him, both from a point scoring perspective, but also from a control factor. Um, Bastelays, mate, that's no home ground advantage there. What's going on down there in Canberra? Oh, that was in. Um... Christchurch. Oh, it wasn't Christchurch. So, okay, justifiable then, mate. That's yeah. all right. <laughs> no, probably just... They had, they had a lot of rain there lately. I don't know if that's 
lighted, but the, the field looked very heavy as well, um, which, you know, the local conditions, and they were able to adapt to those quite well. Yeah, sure. What about you, Will? Did you get to see this game, mate? Yeah, I did watch this one, and, yeah, as Steve said, the penalties really sort of... Uh, cost the uh, Brumbies and probably put them out of out of sort of touch pretty early they um I think they were down sort of 15-6 or something just before half time and and then uh, the Crusaders scored and they were sort of in big trouble at that point but um yeah just they really seemed to give away the penalties in the wrong half of the field and Slade I think had seven pe- kicked seven penalty goals or yeah. something over the match yep. and uh just just killed them. Um, certainly for the Brumbies, when McCabe came on, and they looked so much better. And I, he came on, I think, for Mog, if I remember remember correctly, and and really sort of provided uh, some sort of real penetration in their attack. Um, but it was all a bit too late, really. Yeah, yeah McCabe's performance was quite excellent. I want to go back and step, talk about uh, Lilia Fano still fighting his feet there. Steve, you reckon he's not quite uh, not quite on top of his game? Yeah, it was a strange one from him. Uh, he had a shot at goal that was uncharacteristically missed. Um, so, I'm not, yeah, I don't know if he's just still a little bit, I don't know, gun-shy or yep. what the go is there. But um, like Will said, once McCabe came on, I don't know if it was the Rebels tiring or because McCabe you know, can can do that. We've seen it this year that he can, can make the metres like in the Blues game earlier. So I think with a performance like that, he'd be have to start this week against the Sharks. Well, here are his stats. He came on for 26 minutes. He scored a try. Obviously, he had eight runs for 99 metres, five tackle busts and four line breaks. So, you know, delineate yourself the difference between a tackle bust and a line break, but they're bloody impressive performances. McCabe, and, and it's what he's been doing all season and, and um, you know, the fact that he's being talked about as a you know another strong Wallaby contender, and so should he. It was a surprise to some that he was uh, was benched for Lilia Fano, but... Lilio Farnan has uh, sort of definitely played the role for the Brumbies in the past and uh, the argument can be made both ways, but I think you're right. I think you can't deny the form that McCabe's in and that, that line-breaking ability is pretty critical for them moving forward there. It's probably just uh, making it a bit harder for Lilio Farno coming, coming back at the expense of McCabe because McCabe's been sort of certainly one of the stars of the Brumbies' back line and um, sort of taking him out of the side uh, just sort of shows what they're missing so if Liliofano is not providing that it's sort of a I guess you wouldn't really worry as much about him if uh, he wasn't sort of taking the spot of someone who was such a star sort of throughout the season um, yeah exactly right yeah certainly McCabe has to come back this weekend yeah um, alright so that's the uh, that's the Brumpies of Crusaders let's move on to the last and say so there we are 0-3 um, finally we get to, to uh, the Waratahs and it looks at one stage there, it's likely that it's going to be zero and four. The Waratahs are down by a fair, fair chunk. The Hurricanes have run out to a decent lead. The Waratahs are, are letting them score some laughable tries at <laughs> Wycliffe Parley's pass and, and whatnot, and from the kickoff and, and so on. But um, they fight back, and it's 24 nil at half time, and then uh, a very professional second half and run out, run out winners 39 to 30. So the Waratahs, there they are. We can't. Can't deny it. Um, our saviors for the round, Will. How, how about this game? Well, certainly, it, uh, I think just before the half an hour mark, it didn't feel like um, the Waratahs were a chance. It was. I think you were just sitting there scratching your head after... Um, they're the, not the uh, size. They're very naughty boys. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah the try um, 
off the sort of uh, Falau pass to Palo in the in goal, and um, and then immediately followed up by the uh, Hurricane scoring off the kickoff. I think everyone was sitting in the stand scratching their heads, but uh, it just started turned around pretty quickly, and um, you sort of fairly, or by half time, you thought, "Wow, we've got we've sort of it's even, and we can win this game." But uh, certainly a good performance by the Waratahs. Like they, I'd say probably their best game of the season. Uh, I think you're right. It's, it, I don't want to, you know, it's cliche, but season defining, all that sort of stuff. But it it really put them back on the right track and sort of showcased what they're capable of now. Their onus is on them is to reproduce that again and again. But that to fight back to from that deficit, particularly the way they are playing, where they could have dropped their bundle to come back how they did. Um, showed a lot towards their their uh, their nature as a as a team and their culture and we we talked about the that at the start. Yeah, yeah, believe, <laughs> believe twenty one oh four. We talked about that at the start. Twenty one oh four. Oh, that's that's optimistic. <laughs> <laughs> that was their uh, preseason uh, launch. It was. The year they, they got their numbers wrong. <laughs> um, but there they were. What about you, Steve? Did you get to see this one? Uh, I um I actually recorded it. Uh, and I got told uh, around, just before the halftime mark not to bother watching it and then uh, I did see the result and think uh, I wished I had off but no I didn't I'd s- seen the highlights and uh, missed the actual game uh, cursed family um, <laughs> but yeah no it's uh, it's looking good I, I do own two Waratahs jerseys I just wanted to let everyone know <laughs> well let's we, we want our conference to remain strong obviously the force had the bye right. um and so, uh, you know, a win against the, the Canes, particularly how they after they demolished the Reds, is good for Australian rugby. We need the other teams performing too, and, and obviously the Brumbies to continue through. Steve and Canberra, did you get to see much of this game? Yeah, I saw, saw a lot of it. And I think, like saying before, the fight back from the Waratahs was very impressive. You know, they, they've done it a few times this year where they score early um, with Rob Horn's try. And they seem to switch off a bit, uh, particularly like also in the Bulls game recently. Um so it's good to see that they can fight back like that. And, and Michael Check has said even last year that they're not going to change anything. It's yep. just down to the players to be able to do it. And like we said with the Blues game last week, if they hang on to the ball, they will score the tries. And I did notice there were a few uh, half breaks or players in contact heading towards the ground and hanging onto the ball this time. Like They did have a look, but then thought better of it to take that contact and go to ground and then just get the next phase through because obviously with that Blues game the drop balls killed them and this time they hung on to them yep. and uh, fought back for the good win Yep, well two standouts for mine and, and, and standouts for, for various reasons, Adam Ashley Cooper I thought he was he was excellent and, and, and that's you know that's not a, a bold call by any means but he's I, I haven't been blown away by his form, he's been consistent but I thought he was back to his best in this game um, and Will Skelton again making a strong impact this time uh, off the bench there, but that's we saw another side of, side of him in that game. That delightful inside ball to it Steve was Hoyles brilliant. was remarkable for the size of the man and, and all that sort of stuff. So um, excellent performances. Will any any standouts, other standouts you want to make mention of? Yeah, Michael Hooper definitely yeah. sort of man of the match. It's been but, a given, uh, isn't he? It's almost uh, almost every week he's. Uh, the best player on the field he just does so much and pulled off a crucial try saving tackle off the back of the scrum to um, stop Perinara going over in the corner which probably kept the Tars in the match um, but yeah the uh, certainly just a lot more control from the Waratahs compared to last week that rather than sort of 
can try to sort of score in one phase from from 40 meters out that sort of just work their way closer and and then they only needed to sort of make half a break to sort of score the try sort of thing so i think different to quite a bit of the season they scored a lot more tries from close range at least in the final couple of phases um which was really pleasing like they held on the ball onto the ball for more more sort of phases and um and got the reward it's uh a big turnaround from the week before, which was a shocker. Yeah, it was. And yeah, it's a good point because that was we, we highlighted that last week as a, a real standout for the Brumbies as their clinical nature close to the line and they haven't scored the big, you know, glorious end-to-end tries this year. There's been a lot of just very professional finishing. And you're right, that's what the Tars did. And good to see Captain Invisible, Dave Dennis, get over for a try as well. Um, he, his work gets, uh, I guess, he, he gets a little bit lauded um, by... Uh, the Tars fans, who, but not so much in the state. But um, he got across there and, and, and uh, is doing the job for his team there. Um, so that wraps us up. At least we've got the game across the line there with the Waratahs. We're going to start looking forward, but before that, we're going to jump on and, and bring us a very special guest on us and, and get Rob Sibbins from the Queensland Reds on the line. Right there, right there. And here we are now, joined by Reds and Wallabies lock forward, Rob Simmons. Rob, thanks a lot for joining us tonight. No worries, guys. Thanks for having me. Uh, it's our absolute pleasure, mate. Now, we've got a big home game versus the Crusaders, obviously, coming up this weekend. We'll get to that in a second. But we're on the back of four losses in a row. It hasn't happened since 2009. Um, what's the feeling in the Reds' camp at the moment, Rob? Is there hope there? Um, yeah, there is. There's, uh, you know, everyone's I suppose looking forward now into the next game of this weekend. But uh, there's definitely a lot of disappointment. Um, you know, the season hasn't been going the way we wanted it to. But uh, I suppose we're at a stage now where we look forward and um, you know take each game as it comes. And you know, for, the, for instance, this weekend we've got to try and get uh, you know at least one win and move on from there. Yeah. So. I've- Sorry, Timsey. Go for no, it. I was just going to say. Obviously, we're, we're pretty thankful to the Brumbies for letting the uh, the Crusaders come in full of confidence, not expecting. Uh, uh, you know, it'd be worse for them to have been beaten by the Brumbies and you know be out looking for redemption. So that, that plays into our hands. Um. Yeah, I don't know if uh, Super Rugby works that way anymore. Oh, I right, wish it okay. did. I wish it did. But um. Yeah, I don't know. I think it, well, it does sometimes, but uh. I think the Crusaders are one of those teams. They start getting their tail up, they can, um, you know, they can mix it with the rest of them. Rob, look, as a fan, it's frustrating to watch the Reds this year. And you, you talk about it hasn't gone your way this year. Has it been discussed, or is it something that? What do you put it down to? Why, why the non-performance so far? Oh, we discuss it every week, mate. It's, uh, you know, we're, we're disappointed in ourselves a bit. Um, you know, we. We know we're a better team than that, and uh, I suppose you look at it, and um, it's just a bit of consistency through the 80 minutes. Really, there's times, periods through most of our games that are, you know, unbelievable, and um, you can tell the teams can't keep up with us. But then it's the times that we have little lulls, which you know, the game's full of momentum, and it's about trying to capitalise every time you, you get the shifts. Yeah. And, uh, Sorry, you know, the times that the times that we're, we're down, it's just it's too far down and, and too long, really. And the times we're up, we're only just getting across the line. Yeah. So the obvious question comes that there's been a significant change in the off season, uh, moving on head coaches. Has that 
I mean, there's obviously been changes. Richard brings in uh, a new dynamic. What is that new dynamic? How much change has there been? Obviously, he was brought in last year almost uh, to get a feeling of the Reds and, and how the organisation operated. Has Richard done change much this year that, that's been obvious from, a, from a, I guess, an organisational perspective? Um, no, not a lot, really. You know, it was beneficial of having him there last year and, uh, you know, seeing how the organisation runs. And then um, he came in this year, you know, trying not to change too much. You know, obviously already having success before that. And um, he just... He's only trying to make the place a better place, I feel. And, uh, yeah, I'd... Well, can you touch on that, Robert? Uh, is there anything particular that you, you can sort of discuss or let us know that how some of those changes he's made that you felt have been for the better from Richard? What does he you know, bring to the team that uh, perhaps wasn't there before? Well, just in, in our game, really. I suppose, you know, looking past previous years, we've, uh, we've outworked a lot of teams and, um, you know, it, it puts a lot of strain on us and, and then, so he's trying to make it, our work ethic get into a better shape and things like that, you know, develop our attack and defence. And, um, you know, we obviously attacking a bit wider this year and, and, and when we do it right, we make very good games. Yeah, you did. I think so. I think if you if you look at uh, the Waratahs last year were probably a classic example, and and they've they've sort of come on from that when you you change the attacking philosophy like that, and you know it takes a little while to bed in and to get the systems working and stuff like that. Was was every coach, no matter who they were, going to be on a hiding to nothing after following up with Link? Um, I I don't think it's the coach, mate. It's a uh, it's a little bit of everything, you know. It changes from each week if you, if you watch the games. It's a uh, you know, last weekend we just got flogged, put it down like that way. But then there's been other ones we've been close losses, and you know, there's, it's something different again. So, oh I yeah, think, no, uh, I'm, sorry, mate. I'm not saying for for a second that it's all Richard's fault. So I, I don't want to misconstrue that. But the, obviously, the public opinion is starting to to, to head that way. Uh, what I'm more getting at is following up from Link. He was always on a hiding to nothing. If they didn't, win, if you guys didn't win every game. Uh, it's not going to take long for the knives to come out, is it? Oh, yeah, I suppose that, that's right. It's the same as any team, really. Imagine if you went through a season undefeated and then lose three games the next season. If, if any team went through uh, only losing three games in one season, you'd be pretty happy. But if you're coming off the back of an undefeated season, it's, it's going to be the same. There's you know, start questions start being asked. But, um, yeah, yeah, I suppose it is a tough position. There's, you know, four, four or five years there of pretty good success. And then a year like this. Yeah, Rob. One of the feelings that I've had, and, and a couple of comments been made on the board, is the team does look a little bit disjointed. You're right. There's these times where it clicks and so on, and it looks great. But there's other times when the I don't know the lines seem to be wrong, or the passes aren't going to hand, or, or, or those sorts of things. Is that a feeling you guys? Is that something you guys have picked up? Is is the team, you know, working as well together as they have in the past? Um, yeah, that's definitely something we've spoken about. Um, I suppose you look back in previous years that we've relied a lot on our defence and we scramble for each other and things like that. And I, I suppose there's been a few system areas, system areas definitely in that area at the moment. And uh, you know, I suppose it's just a bit of communication and combinations on the field, things like that. We've had a bit of, t- bit of a tough run, you know, currently with a few injuries and yeah. things like that. So that also. You know, from week to week, there's certain positions changing around, which 
changes with any team really. Yeah, and uh, you know, just a bit of everything really. Yeah, it is. So, so how do you do that? How do you approach that week to week? And you, I, I hear what you said. You've said that before. You, each game as it comes, how there's not there's only so much I assume you can change per week from a, a team structure and 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 tactics and whatnot. Uh, having gone four weeks in a row now. Are there significant changes you can make as a team? Obviously, there's some team changes we've heard about today uh, from injuries and so on, and they'll always happen. But do you change your approach to the game uh, as a a result of losses, or do you just have to keep backing your team and your structure? I suppose there will be a few changes this weekend. I suppose where we focus, we are, you know, it's at a stage where we need to get our own backyard right first before we can actually start worrying about the Crusaders too much. So. Uh, you know, today, and we've been seeking about you know things like just making sure we get our own roles right. So we're sort of starting to look internally and making sure that we can do everything we can to make sure we put a good performance out there on the weekend. Yeah, um, you, you talked before about sort of the, the wanting to take it a bit wider this year, but one of the successes I, I would put down is the forward play, particularly ball in hand, has been very strong and. I don't have the stats, but you, I would have thought you'd be close to out try scoring the backs at the moment. And, and we've seen some, even in the last weekend's performance against the Blues, while it wasn't a, a crash up performance, you know, uh, that fantastic driving more from the line that saw Dales get over and, and, and Kevy score a good tight one. But you go back to the Brumbies and the pushover try and, and Bo scoring another try from a driving more. That, it, that tight play from the forwards, particularly ball in hand, has been a strength this year. Is that something you've worked on? Has that come through styles? Or is that just, you know, uh, another aspect of your bow. Yeah, um, sorry, that's why miscommunication there. That's actually probably what I'm talking about. Oh, right, for, okay. You know, from, from the forge point of view, we, you know, we, I suppose last year definitely we got into a bit of a rhythm of, uh, you know, coming around that corner first, second phase and, you know, just punching in a bit too close to the, the previous phase. So we've been, you know, getting a bit wider off nine and, and ten and, you know, allowing each player to, you know, express themselves out there on the field, I suppose. And in, uh, off the back of that, our set pieces improved dramatically, which you know helps the confidence of all the forwards, and they start you know playing a bit harder for each other. Yeah, mate. As a former front row, there's times in those Brumbies games I just wanted you guys to just hold it in that tight eight because you you were looking particularly strong, and I I maintain that's a it's a strength for us this year. Let's take that a step further, Rob. How about your own form? How do you personally assess your own form at the moment? Yeah, I think I'm playing playing some some of the best footy I've uh, ever played. Actually, yep. you know, I have to work with Nick Styles pretty closely from week to week, and he's helped me out a lot with, uh, especially the set piece area. We um, obviously it's a place that I've been trying to improve pretty hard over the last couple of years, and you know, he's quite technical in those areas, and we get along quite well. So we've been um, doing work week to week in that area, and I suppose it pays off around the field also. Yeah, good stuff. All right, well, let's talk about that set piece. Uh, Will, you've got a question? So, certainly the the red scrum's improved massively this year, and um, do you, as a lock, do you find it um, the new scrum laws sort of have much of an impact on you? Is it, uh, has it changed? Uh, yeah, I actually, well, obviously being a lock, but I personally think it's, uh, that's probably where most of the changes come in uh, for nearly every team is, is the locks and the importance of, basically a good back five of that scrum you know the front rowers are get in the right positions and convert a lot of weight but you need the back five to generate the weight first and it's just trying to keep it as stable as possible and, and really push through as much weight on your props as possible it's... yeah definitely Tim's cool. 
But, oh, no, I wanted to know about the lineouts. How how you particularly approach lineouts? Do you is it a team by team basis, or is it uh, just you, you know you've got your base calls that you fall back on when times are tough? And um, no, it's definitely team by team. I, I would do our review every week and uh, try and come up with the best best way to call the lineout and uh, try and catch the, of the opposing team off guard and uh, what the best movements and shapes and things like that are how much of uh, how much of stealing lines stealing line outs from the other team happens on the spot and how much of you uh, how much comes from your study um oh, it'd probably be 50-50 you know the study you, you do week to week is uh, very helpful but then in the heat of the moment it's a very uh, I suppose team orientated thing it's, it's not just one bloke getting up in the air it's it's everyone doing the right thing at the right time and getting in the right positions. Uh, I just have I have one more I have one more line out question though. What what's been your funniest call? My funniest call? Yeah, all, all career wise, like if it, since since you first started playing. I do is I'd have to think back. Um... <laughs> Timsy, tell us your funniest call while Rob thinks, mate. That's obviously yeah. Give me an good. example. Uh we we had. Um, well, see, I, I was only ever a lifter, so I never had to think too much about that. I just knew what car car brand I was. We've had a few of those ones. Um, there's always the old... I know the golden oldies used to do the old short line out and they'd all get down on their knees. That's the obvious one. Yeah, I've seen a few of them, but I actually don't know what they're called when I'm out there, but I've seen a few of those things. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. We are... Uh, Never really been involved in much of a uh, a funny one. There's been a few thrown up as examples, but uh, too many of the boys start giggling and yeah. they forget what the actual call means. So you've got to move on and change it. To be fair, Simo, it's probably the difference between a professional elite athlete and Timsy and I. So. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you, you obviously put a bit of work into the lineouts, but um, does it does it give you the shits when you've got a really good one called and Sai decides to throw it to the front and have a crack himself? <laughs> oh no, mate! As long as we're winning lineouts, I'm happy. Basically, right. so, you know, we try and do a lot of work on it during the week so we can get it right for the weekend. But uh, you know, if we if we've got the ball in hand, that's that's the best place to have it. Good. Hey Rob, uh, there's a bit of analysis done by one of our uh, writers on our website this week, just looking at all the lock positions and and various stats and so on. You you were the obvious stand, or well, not obvious, but you were the clear standout from a line at take perspective. Um, do you run the Reds line Are you doing the calls, or is that Kevy or? Yeah. So yeah, no, that's me. Just like to call yourself a lot. Um, oh, I'd like to win every line at <laughs> no. Um, no, I, I like to think of it as a. Uh, a team team thing and I try and call basically the best place to win it every time so if that's on me then so be it but uh, I actually think Jake Schatz has got me this year he's obviously not going to be in the, the lock the stats, but, uh, yeah. I think I've called to him more this year than ah, right. every year anyway okay. and what Timsy touched, touched on it from a defensive perspective so when you're, when you're out there in a game what are you looking for as the read how do you know when you're going to uh, attack their line aid and and, and yeah, how do you know where you think that ball's going to go? You just go up for everything, or? Oh, it changes from week to week. There's certain teams that it depends on what team you're versing. You know, there's against the Brumbies. I don't know the exact stat, but I'd like to throw out just a random number. You know, ninety percent of the ball goes to Ben Mullen, so where are you going to mark? Yep. Yeah. And uh, you know, he's... sorry. 
sorry, Rob, in, in terms of that marking, it, would you be sort of marking Sam Whitelock or, or do you more want to defend against certain spots of the line-out, like in terms of middle or back? Or um, This week, we'll probably, uh, you know, they've got a fair few different options, so we'll have to defend the line-out as it comes and we'll, uh, you know, be looking to just sort of, yeah, close down people like Kieran Reid and Sam Whitelock, things like that. Yeah, it's hard to manage against those sorts of ones. Mate, Simo, the other one uh, stat that came out of this uh, this data was penalties conceded, and it's 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 one that you, you top that table as well. What's your read on that? Is it is just that how you play the game? You're an abrasive fella, you like to push the lines or something, or what's your... What's yeah, your read I've on got... That? Um, I suppose there's, there's three really stupid ones last weekend, and I'm... Uh, not exactly over the moon about them yep. myself, but um, yeah, we had a probably at the start of this season. I went through a period of probably giving away a few too many penalties, and I tried to address that during the season. It's been good, and then obviously you don't take last weekend's game out of it. And uh, I think I don't know how those stats look uh, match up, but um, I suppose if you look at them from the game that I addressed it into before last weekend. Yeah. Hopefully those occur the other way. Yeah, well, it's not a significant lead by any means, mate. You take out those three and you're back in the pack, so uh, you're doing okay there. Let's let's look at this week's game. Uh, sorry, yes. I just want to before we get into next week's game. Well, it's a bit of a segue actually. But um, speaking of penalties and giving them away, there's a guy that you'll be coming up against that doesn't give enough penalties away. <laughs> God, knows do, God knows he does it, but I just want you to practice, sir. Black seven, Black seven all night, sir. <laughs> That's all, that's all. You just need to throw a few of those out because I, I think the referees need to be made aware. Oh, sometimes you don't think they don't, they're not aware. Yes. I, I think he was just give it, recently giving a royal pardon too, so it's uh, oh, yes. they're on his side. Um, yeah, so Rob, let's look at this week, mate, and, and Will touched on the line act tactics, but what do you look for this week? By, we've re- read today or heard today that... We're now without uh, Chris Efsatour and, and Quirky and Gilly, so there will obviously be some changes in the in the pack at least. Um, what's the what's the team approach going into this week's game? Um, well, we're unsure of the team at the moment ourselves, but uh, you know we've obviously been stretched for our depth. But um, you know it gives a chance for an, for another bloke to come into the pack, prove what he's been doing out in club rugby, and hopefully, if anything, make it a better place at the moment. So yep. You know, we're not, we've had just had four wins on on the uh, four sorry four losses on the road, so we're just looking to improve any anywhere. So if someone can come in and have a good performance, that's great. Well, I have boots. <laughs> but well, you might want to uh, give Rich a call and see, see what he thinks. No worries, mate. I'll, I'll be straight on it after this. But um, obviously, you know, a lot of these injuries and stuff are occurring in the the outside backs, and I, I remember. Uh, the final of 2011, you were robbed of that try. Have you uh, offered to have a run in the backs or? Um, yeah, well, I suppose previous years I've been knocked out by Radiki Samo playing on the wing, but uh, <laughs> I suppose I'm only one injury away from it, and uh, I'll put my hand up if it calls for it. Nice, nice. The white Lomi. Um, <laughs> we should also we should also mention that um, it is uh, Red's family round this weekend, Simo, or the the family's an afternoon game, four o'clock, four o five kickoff on Sunday afternoon. So uh, I know the Reds are keen to. Get all the families along. It is Mother's Day as well, so bring your mum along. Yeah, we are. Plenty of activity yeah. around the place on, on Sunday? Yeah, there will be. It's good that it's on Mother's Day, and hopefully all the families can come out and uh, enjoy a good game of rugby, and then at the end of the match, they're allowed on the field and come meet their favourite players and things like that. So 
Oh, that's awesome. Hopefully, that, uh, we can get everyone out there and have a good time. Yeah. Oh, look, Rob, really appreciate your time tonight. And, and look, best of luck for this weekend and indeed the rest of the season. Uh, Reds fans will still be right behind you guys no matter what. No matter what. So uh, let's hope we pull it out against the Crusaders on Sunday, Arvo. Cheers. Thanks a lot, guys. Thanks. Sarah. Cheers, Rob. See you, mate. Thanks, Rob. Thank you. Bye. <laughs> Right there, right there. Well, there we go. Rob's gone, but welcome back, Steve and Canberra. Timsey, what do you reckon, mate? Mate, it's not too bad, but uh, you guys have obviously got to talk about uh, the upcoming games, and uh, as you heard, I've got to go and ring Richard, so I'll uh, catch you guys later. <laughs> Thanks, Timsey, mate. Just hold on for 20 more minutes, mate. Richard oh, will wait. Richard will wait for you, okay? I guess so. I guess so. Look, some interesting insight there. Look, you know, they're not... It's hard to say. I thought Rob was pretty candid. You, you, you never know the true story behind the scenes. He's, they're definitely not blaming the coach. and they, they, It sounds like they're taking it upon themselves. So uh, uh, hopefully they can turn things around. Will, any read on that? Yeah, I certainly agree with you that he was candid. And um, it's probably not the week you want to be uh, given some media duties and uh, having to chat about it. But... Um... No, I think uh, hopefully there's sort of a few new players coming to the Reds this week. We'll, we'll sort of give them a bit of spark. It's um, They just look a bit flat at times, and um, hopefully a couple of guys who are probably fighting for contracts next year coming into the side sort of liven things up a bit. So. Yeah, well, let's let's keep talking about the Reds. We'll go reverse order from the games. And as I mentioned, this game is on Sunday afternoon. It is family day. Subo did mention that they're going to invite all the fans onto the field after the game, which is great. First time it's been done. You get to meet your favourite players. Yeah, from the Crusaders. I wonder, wonder if that means Richie Rich will be out because I know there's a lot of uh, Kiwis in the crowd for there these games. There so. will be a lot of Kiwis in the crowd, but it is family day. I know there's <laughs> going to be a lot of activity in the precinct, but um, Reds, we heard, like I said in the interview there, where Quirky is now out, Gilly's out for two weeks, so that's going to mean, I assume, Bo Robinson will start, and let's hope Curtis Browning gets a good start on the side of the scrum too. And, mate, Gilly's a big loss, and, you know, like Quirky, but... I'm not too displeased with those selections, Timsy. They're, they're a couple of good ones, I reckon. No, I think we've been. I think everyone's been wanting to see a bit more of Curtis. Uh, I like I like what I see when I you know I'm watching him play. So I think he's a, a bright light, and it'll be good to have him out there and see if that mixes up the balance of the back row and gets a few people doing a bit more. Yep, I think that running game that Curtis brings and Bo's aggression is never in question. I think likewise, Daly's going to start for Slipper. Um, and Dom Shipley, I think, is going to come straight onto the wing for uh, Chris F. Satua. The other interesting name, which apparently may be seen on the bench, is uh, Samuel Karevi, who's uh, a oh, yes. young Fijian centre, plays for Jeeps. Uh, very, Australian, mate. Oh, yes, Fijian of origin. Australian. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Um, but he was uh, awesome for Jeeps last year, and uh, in, the, in their premiership run, they, they obviously lost the grand final, but Karebi was a standout for them. He made his comeback for club footy last week. Came off the who'd, they, who'd they lose to? It was East, wasn't it? No, they drew with East. Oh, in the grand final there. Yeah, so yeah. Grand yeah, final come, uh, rematch I, I, last week. I was played for them. That, that's, I must remind uh, Richard of that. <laughs> well, <laughs> Richard played for both as well, mate, so that's right, no yes. favouritism there. Um <laughs> But Karevi, it's a you know, very strong running, in-centre, out-centre, um, good uh, distribution and obviously very strong in defence. So keep an eye out for Karevi if he comes off the bench. The rest of the team will find out tomorrow. Um, uh, Steve in Canberra, do you give the Reds any hope in this game, mate? Uh, I'm going to have to say probably not. As much as I like to see good overcome evil, 
after, especially after last week's game. Uh, the, the Crusaders are starting to get on a bit of a roll now. Uh, they're obviously notoriously slow starters, and I think that it's just about that time. They may be without Kieran Reid, but they've done it without him in the last couple of weeks. So uh, good luck to the Reds is all I can say. Yeah, and haven't they lost Matt Todd too? That's a real blow for them, that open side flanker there. Yeah, they've, they've lost a few players as well. Um, I think Matt Todd lasted two minutes last week, but they just meant Richie just came back ah, into his right. customary position. So <laughs> that, that guy is back. Um, one interesting one that we could see is uh, Namani Nadolo. Uh, running in the 13 jersey, which will be very interesting for those the centre pairing the Reds pick. Good luck with that. Is that right? Is that, is that being discussed? Now, why is that? Uh, f- one of their, their other... Um, Onatia? he also went off injured. The Crusaders yeah, lost three right. players in the first 20 minutes the other week. Yep. So he's done for a while. So there's a couple of names being mentioned, and his is one of them. So uh, that'll be a very scary proposition for whoever goes there. Yeah, interesting. I wonder if that um, might well, be... We'll have to put Samo on earlier, eh? Yeah, Fight exactly Fiji right. with Fiji. Yep. Um, let them stop Samo, I agree. Will, what's your record, mate? You're, you'll be going for the Reds for sure, I would have thought. I'll definitely be cheering for the Reds, but uh, <laughs> I have to say it's hard, it's hard to see uh, the Crusaders not winning this one. Like they're, they're really on a roll, but um, can they win five in a row? Um, don't think... Uh, did the Force win five? But everyone else, is, everyone else stumbles on that fifth game, so... Yeah. Hopefully for the Reds, that uh, proves to be a good omen. But, um, yeah, Nadolo at 13 could be scary. He finally seems to have sort of really come on this year. Like, I haven't seen him. I think he's been in Japan the last couple of years. But um, sort of before this season, I, I hadn't seen any good rugby out of him. So Yeah, he dominated Aussie under-20s. I think he played for Perth Spirit in the, in, in or the Force at some stage. And obviously the Waratahs for a bit. He's the son of a former Queensland Red um, but uh, yeah, it's good to see him settled. He's a quality, you know, he's obviously very skilled. It's good to see him getting a run and playing some good footy. Um, but uh, 13, just just, yeah, <laughs> 13 would make me curious. Timsey, what do you reckon as a Reds fan to Reds fan, mate? Oh, you know, the, the, it's been a happy hunting ground for the Reds uh, against the Crusaders here. Yep, five games, three three wins. Yeah, that's it. Uh, so, yeah, there's, there's that statistic. Um, the getting to that stage of the season where it's not going to matter, so they've got nothing to lose. Uh, that, that adds a bit of freedom. Um, the, uh, I've also decided that I'm going to put my uh, my curse on them and I'm going to tip the Crusaders. So nice. pretty much uh, it's a guaranteed Reds are in as far as I can tell. Well, last week I tipped the, uh, tipped the Blues. I think it was the first time for a long time I tipped against the Reds. I'm back on the Reds bandwagon. Come on, Reds. <laughs> I think we can do it this week. Um <laughs> you'll you'll see, note that I didn't have any justification for that win, but uh, yes, yes, yes. we will we will do it. It's my it's my, I'm taking my three year old girl to this for the to the Reds for the first time. That'll this will be a long term memory for us. So they they better get up. They better um, do it, yeah. So next before that, Bulls are playing Stormers over there in Loftus, but the Aussie game before that on Saturday night is the Cheetahs taking on the Force over in Bloemfontein. So. The force uh, really get tested now. They're on the road a couple of games in South Africa, as we've been saying for a while, but they take on the bottom of the table, table cheaters. Um, hey, that's this, a home game for half their squad. For, what are we exactly, talking about? Right. <laughs> exactly right. So um, so what do you reckon, Timsey? Are the force Six a real row, chance mate. here? Yeah. yeah. No worries at all. It is. It's a big shot, isn't it? Lock it in. Yep. Steve? Put, put, put your joker on that one. Yeah. <laughs> Steve, you the same, mate? 
Yeah, well, the, the cheaters of um, you know, they can throw it around a bit, but they also the problem with that is that they can't defend either. So I know they're they're up there with the, in the try scoring charts, but uh, the force can show they can beat anyone. The Chiefs, the Bulls, you name it, they'll they'll win it, and I reckon they will this week. Yep, I'm the same. And Will, what do you reckon? Yeah, I think I'll probably tip the force at this one. I, I do think the cheaters have been improving, but yeah, they they leak too many points and. Um, the forces' defence has just been so good this season that if if they turn up and um, and tackle well, like the, they should be able to shut down the cheaters and, and hopefully get across the line. Um, if they win their first game on tour in South Africa, they're really a a shot at sort of right big right up the top of the of the overall conference at the end. I think they. Uh, Isn't it remarkable? I still, I, I still shake my head about it. I love it, but it's um, absolutely astounding. They're up there. It's it's. Uh... It's fantastic. Hopefully they continue on. All right. The next, this is the big one. The match of the round, I think, in everyone's eyes. Uh, Chiefs Blues will be up there, but this is the big one. Brumbies v Sharks in Canberra. Steve, take it away. The return of Jake. Yeah, Shark Week in Canberra this week. <laughs> It'll be interesting. Um, I'm sure Jake will be welcomed with open arms and a few other words to go with it. But um, there's no denying where he's left the Brumbies um, in, good, in good shape. Uh Brumby's doing okay. They've released the shackles a bit this year in their game plan. Uh, you look at their try scoring on 29, and the Sharks have only got 18. So I think this game will probably be like staring contest, and whoever blinks first is going to lose. I can expect a lot of kicking from both sides, uh, probably not as much as that forced Bulls game the other week, but it'll be up there. And if there's a bit of rain forecast, which I think there could be, then we may very well see that. Yeah, right. Is that the game the Brumbies want to play? The staring contest against Francois? <laughs> well, you saw last week with the giving away penalties and Colin Slade yeah. punishing them. This week they come up against Francois Stein, who will kick them from 50 if he if he wants to. And they'll need to be very careful, obviously, within that 50-metre range. Otherwise, they'll be you know, looking at the scoreboard going up in threes for the others. Yep. Will, what are you... What's, your take on this game, mate? You think the Brumbies are a chance? I think the Brumbies will win this game. Um, certainly, certainly for the Sharks, I think they need to move France Stain back to 12. Um, they really didn't have much shape to their attack uh, with him at 10. Um, so I think Zalinga might be might be healthy again this week and, and come back into the side. But uh, yeah, I think the Brumbies will get up in this. Um, I think McCabe will come back into 12 as we as we said earlier, and um, yeah, they've got a pretty sort of settled lineup and. Um, yeah, I think they'll. I think they'll win. What about you, Tim Z? Uh, I'm not really sure yet. It's a, it's a pretty tough one. I mean, I, I like a, I, I like the Brumbies' chances. Uh, the Sharks have looked really good all year. They are on a road. They're, you know, a bit of confidence being the first team to win outside of Africa. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm not really sure about this one. It's going to be intriguing to watch. Yeah, if one thing the Brumbies have done well, the bounce back from games. That's pretty accurate, isn't it, Steve? I, I can't, don't think they've lost two in a row. They've generally come back from a, a loss mm. with a good win, and, and, and that's probably the sole reason I'll back them for the win this weekend. I think they'll, uh, I think they'll fire up for this one big time. Yeah, I think they will. Like, I think it was after the Rebels game they came out and played pretty well. So I think they're due for one, and I'm sure there's been a bit of uh, in, intense training this week to, to rectify those mistakes from week from the weekend. 
And it really will be fascinating to watch the coaching battle as much as anything. I mean, White obviously knows his Brumbies team well, but Larkham and and, uh, Laurie know Jake well, so it'll be great to watch. Is it possible that they dropped last week focusing too hard on this? I mean, I I know coaches look a week ahead, but... No, no, the the Crusaders game meant a lot. Uh, There had been a little bit of talk, but... Just this block of games is, is overall is important for the for the Brumbies, but there's no way they dropped that last week. The Crusaders were just too good last week. Yeah. Well, the last Aussie game of the round is the Rebels and the Hurricanes, and it's on the Friday night down at Melbourne there at Amy Park. Uh, Hurricanes coming off uh, the loss to the Tars, having been in the Reds the, the week before. So this will be an interesting one. They're, I reckon they're a shot here, the Rebels. Uh, you know, they, they play tight versus the Sharks and... and and we're closer than a lot of people thought. They'll need to, to play strong. It looks like Sturzak is out, but uh, Burgess was like their start anyway. Um, uh, Timsey, what do you reckon this one? Rebels, Hurricanes? Well, I, I think the, I think the Rebels can win this one. I, I mean, the, the Hurricanes always do well against the Reds, so there was no real surprise there. They, they've, they've shown their true colours against the Waratahs, and, uh, you know, the Aussie teams aren't going to let them... You know, get the get they get on the wrong side of the ledger, and they'll they'll make sure they clean it up. Yeah, Steve. Well, the Rebels always play well at home, and uh, you know they need to just fix a few things um, just here, and nothing too drastic. Uh, you know, they can certainly trouble teams if they if they when they can. And the Hurricanes, you know, last week they saw they can get out to a good lead, but then they just let it slip. So I think with the Rebels at home. Uh, they'll get this one, but it'll be very close. Yeah, and Will, what do you reckon, mate? Yeah, I agree with that. I think the home ground advantage has just been so important this season, and it almost got the Rebels home against the uh, the Sharks, and they only needed to play a little bit better, and providing they can do that and hang on to the ball a bit better, I think they'll win this one. Um, I think they get Toby, Smith's, uh, Toby Smith should hopefully be fit at prop, and um, he'll be a good inclusion for them. Yeah. Um, as you said, Sturzak is out, but... Uh, I think Burgess has been better the last couple of weeks anyway. So. Yeah, I agree. All right, well, that, that wraps it up for the round, particularly from the Australian teams. Once again, we don't worry too much about the Kiwis and the South Africans. Look, there is some news this week we'll touch on very quickly. It's it's probably deserves a bit more of a longer conversation, but it's significant enough to talk about, and that's first and foremost is this restructure of Super Rugby that's uh, that has been, uh, I guess, confirmed from the Sansar body and, and taken to the broadcasters for 2016. And it's a 18-team comp, and we're splitting into different conferences. And Australasia stays the same, effectively, with our five teams and New Zealand's five teams. But bloody South Africa has started to mix things up, and they'll be bringing in an Argentinian team over there and another team, TBA. I, I don't think that means Toowoomba. That's not the Toowoomba uh, <laughs> team. No. Well, I... I, I, I... I'm, I'm not really sure if I'm speaking out of place here, but I'm pretty sure I can give an exclusive tonight that the Mudchooks will be applying. For oh, the Mudchooks! <laughs> yeah. Excellent. Yeah, uh, uh, aren't yeah. they only a 10s team or a 7s team? Are they? Uh, versatile. Oh, excellent. Versatile. Okay. All right, that's good. Well, obviously, yeah, there's a bit of recruiting that needs to be done, but um, you yeah, know, I think I think it's worth a shot. So, what's our, our read on this? Is it's a really odd one. There's 17 rounds in this. Um, a seven-eight split. I think we lose a home game in there. We we play we play the entire New Zealand conference, uh, which is good. But we you know four matches against the other two conferences. Um, obviously play the Australian teams. We we lose local derbies, which we're we're hearing 
the Rebels and the Force don't care about because they don't care about derbies. It's more um, Brumbies, Waratahs and Reds and that sort of stuff. It's it's convoluted and confusing, but everyone seems to support it because apparently it's going to be better off uh, for the AAU and each of the national audits. Yeah, there's, uh, there's some some shenanigans too where, you know, you play two teams this year and two teams the next year and the two teams that you don't play this year play the year after and it's alternating years. It's pretty complicated. Uh, and it, to me, I don't know, it just seems a long way to go to give South Africa another team. Yeah, I, I kind of think they, they would have been better off just giving South Africa a, a sixth team, make it Super 16 and um, just South Africa... Just, yeah, and South Africa can just play... Uh, one less derby against sort of two teams, so and everyone else keeps the same format. But um, yeah, it's a bit of a it's sort of certainly convoluted. And initially, I thought it was looked horrendous, but it has grown on me a little bit. But uh, the only problem, I mean, it's it's quite a good comp. I mean, you heard Simo say before that that's not what Super Rugby's like anymore. You can't just you know, there's no games where you show up to win that one, and it's everyone's beating everyone. I mean, look at the Force, the Rebels, you know the. It's it. Is it that broke? Yeah. Look, you're right. I think it's. But this is. I, the, there would only be a change for South Africans' purposes. I would imagine it. This is the only reason we're going through this is to give South African their promised six team. Mm. As a as a positive byproduct is that we've got Argentina uh, there with another team. Um, so uh, you know that's great. I reckon. And, and who knows what that other team will be? Japan, whatnot. But financially, it's supposed to be better off there. It's a better product for the broadcasters. I don't see why. But each Australian team will have one less game, which is, gosh, you know, I would have thought that's a pretty significant um, hit on their revenue uh, model. So we'll see what develops from that. We'll see how it progresses. But it's now up to Pulver. He seems pretty confident that they'll get new, more rev- revenue from it, as well as hopefully some free-to-air visibility. Yeah, there's, there's obviously some, some sweetener in there that... Yeah, we're not seeing all the details about. Yeah. Well, yeah. just on the on the travel, I just can't get over how expensive it's going to be, and, and there's already enough travel for some of these players, particularly with the rugby championship going South Africa, Argentina, then back home. So they're going to be doing that as part of the Super Rugby as well. There will be a lot of frequent flyer points accrued by some players. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, all right, the other news this week was NRC. We, we wanted to keep you updated on this. There's been a couple of announcements. Um, Brian Melrose will be the coach of the of the Rams out west. The, uh, uh, are they the Western Sydney Rams? What's their title? I think it's Greater Sydney Greater Rams. Greater Sydney Rams. So, yeah, yeah, Greg Haddon will be all over me. But we're going to have Belly on pretty soon from uh, Michael Bell from Parramatta, who's also on the committee, organising committee for this team, the Rams. Um, to have a chat about how the NRC is developing. But they announced Brian Melrose this week as their coach, which is great. Uh, meanwhile, um, uh, I think Phil Blake has been named as the head coach for the uh, northern suburbs, whoever they end up being. Um, North, North Harbour Rays. The Rays, that's Rays. it. So, so that's great. You know, There's some development there, uh, which is really exciting. I think the Vikings actually launched themselves under the social media um, well, this morning, uh, today as well, and there's jersey colours coming out, so things are starting to build um, for the NS- NRC, which is exciting as well, don't you reckon, guys? Absolutely. Um, yeah, it's certainly what Australian rugby needs to grow. This uh, this competition is very important, I think. Uh, yeah, I just I just hope that everyone who's been belly aching for years about having this extra tier and 
gets out there and supports it. Supports it. It, it really is, and I think we'll have to develop one of your third tier uh, promotions or something, Timsy, and and you know build that critical mass and actually absolutely yep. people get out there and support it. Uh, look, we want to touch on some contract talk there, Steve. Um, Kane Douglas, the latest one, talking about moving overseas. Yeah, all reports he's off to Leinster in Ireland, uh, which is a bit of a uh, shame because we're losing a few second rowers, especially with um, Hugh, Hugh Pyle going over to France, I believe. So yeah. on the back of bit... on the back of Tamani last year, I mean, it's pretty significant losses. That's three. Oh, it's it's top a good thing. Locks. It's all good. What's good? We'll send we'll send them over there. I mean, it's. It, Someone else will come up, and you know we'll have this. Uh, some people come up, but while they're over there, they're they're getting harder, and you know, everyone knows the northern hemisphere is very forward orientated. So it's it's going to be good for their game. They're still young; they'll come back. Well, let's hope they do come back because Kimlin was the same, mate. He went overseas, but I think he's you know almost committed to staying over there long term as well. So um, you know, I reckon. Yeah, sorry, we send enough over, enough will come back. If you know what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> the machine got approached. You just fire up, randomly. Mate, One of them will hit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah it's right. certainly disappointing from as a as a Waratahs fan. But um, yeah, you think as a twenty four, well, he'll probably be twenty five by the time he goes overseas. Hopefully, he comes back well within a couple of years and sort of thinks that that's the prime of his career and he can really have a shot at the sort of the I guess the twenty nineteen World Cup. So yeah, uh, look, yeah, that, that, that's exactly right. Hopefully, that's what he's thinking. But it is odd. The year before the World Cup to be stepping away, there's uh, there's more to it, I think, somewhere. I, don't uh, know I what guess he's is. done some maths, really, and you yeah. know, what are his chances? He's getting a good contract now, you know, get some more experience, have a crack over there. Leinster will be good for his game. Yep. Come back, uh, you know, be a bit higher in the pecking order, perhaps. Yep. Obviously, with um, Checker's involvement there previously, he's probably been put onto onto it by him, and probably had a good chat with him to see whether it's good for his future development. And obviously, I think that's the way to go. Yeah, interesting observation. That's a, that's a good link between Chica. So we'll see. All right, guys. Look, that'll wrap us up. We've just clicked over the hour time. Um, oh, just one more. Just oh one yes, more Steve. Mate. Uh, apparently, there's a report out um, that. Matt Tamura and Christian Lealofano will stay with the Brumbies, so uh, sorry Rebels fans. Well, that's that's great for the Brumbies, um, and the Rebels will be they will be uh, pretty miffed about that. There was talk that Beric Barnes was looking to come back from Japan, so maybe all their focus will be on Beric for that, uh, to fill that number 10 jersey uh, for them, which I reckon will be a pretty damn good signing. Absolutely. All right, guys, we're going to wrap it up. Will, thanks for your uh, your debut performance. Very solid, mate. We might get you back another week, eh? Thanks for having me. It's been fun. And the two Steves, thanks again for your experience and uh, wisdom, lads. Pleasure. Problem, as always. All right, guys, thanks for joining us, Green and Gold Rugby. We'll see you next week. Right there, right there.